Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello um, and welcome to ABW Live, the North London Derby. Okay, before we start, if we get into it, a couple of words today. On behalf of us all of ABW, our thoughts and hearts go out to um, Jack Charlton's family. World Cup winner, league winner with them, uh, Leeds United, 700 plus appearances. English legend, took Ireland to European Championships and to two World Cups. Irish legend. There's not many people who can say they're an English and an Irish legend, but the man was a football legend. He was abrupt. He was abrasive. He told you the way it was, whether you liked it or not, but he was caring and honest, and he was funny. You know, Leeds United, England, Ireland, they're not my cup of tea, but even I loved him. He was an ab- he's an absolute legend, and it's, it's a sad loss for all, but a great life lived. Moving on from that, uh, we saw again today... Some disgusting abuse saying that Wolf Zaha, if any of you in this chat box or listen to this podcast, think that that's acceptable or okay, go. Go to hell. Get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. This shit has to stop. It's got to stop. And people need to educate themselves. This is not what we want to see. Okay? It's fucking abhorrent. It's disgusting. And, you know, if you want to fucking chat about it, we'll chat about it. But there ain't going to be no nice cities. Um, so I, I thought to Will Zaha, 12-year-old, for crying out loud. You know, sending that nonsense. It's not on. And on we go. Uh, quick shout-out to Kieran Gunner, 93. He's getting a load of abuse from uh, Scousers at the moment. Well done, Kieran. First in the box is Julian Salmon. Then we had Ant235100, Phil Marcus, Sanam Garung is in there. Julian Salmon, Richard Morris, Richard Morris, we used to live around the corner. Hata Hansi's in there. Brad Richardson's in there. Cayman 1867's in there. The Coltons, Archie, Loki 73. Um, Brendan Almeida is there. Rudy Rastlos, Ron Ree. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah. It's the North London Derby and it's not a happy one. But I'm happy to have the two guests I got today. Chris can't make it, unfortunately. He's feeling under the weather, so he's had a pull out. But I have got the man from the underground. It's Carl. Say hello, Carl. Jason, you used a pull out joke. I didn't go to John. Come on, <laughs> do better than that. Jason, I, I am actually quite, you know, do you want to do that again? Do you want to rewind and start no, again? No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> but I'm good. Thank you. I've let myself down. I've let my family yes. down. I've let you down. I'm sorry. Oh, but I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Uh, good. I haven't, I haven't podded you for ages. And I know you haven't podded the next guest for a hell of a long time. So it's a nice change of mix-up today. You know, so that's really nice. So I'm, uh, it's just disappointing what we've got to talk about. Um, on to my next guest. It's my brother from another mother. Say hello, John. I'm not doing it today, Jace. It's not happening. I'm not doing it. I mean, they fucked me off. You <laughs> fucked me off, or we've only just started because the pullout joke was there. Straight <laughs> away, Carl fucking nailed it. So, nah, what, what, what can I say? I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, what's happening tomorrow, pal? Oh, 
Well, see, this is wonderful. At a time, I'm going to have my little rant now before we even get into the fucking game because this go is on, annoying. Go on. The world has got a pandemic. A million people have died. I should be thinking about that and the terrible things that are going on. But because of that, all the football's been moved. So it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm a year closer to 40, which is scary enough. <laughs> and for this is weird. I'm going to have to sit through a North London derby the day before my birthday. Normally on my birthday, I'm watching a World Cup final, Euro Cup final, something like that. England aren't in it. I don't care the shit anyway. I'm normally watching Italy or cheering them on or something. But no, I have to watch the North London derby. You fucking ruined my birthday, Arsenal. So thank you very much. <sighs> Happy birthday, Johnny boy. I'm so pleased for you. It's just a shame it's not going to be a good one. Oh, let's get into it. Um, Carl, I'm going to start with you. The only change we had to the lineups was Pepe for Saka. Not much wrong with that, was there? No, I, 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 as much as or how disappointed I was for Saka not to start, I, I kind of understand why Arteta did it. Um, he played a lot of football since he since we returned. I think he's played nearly every single game, and I think a uh, North London derby is. Although we said it's a very good game and it's a game that everybody wants to play, and I can kind of understand he's re- reserving him. You know, he's very very young, and you know, uh, I think even it showed sort of um, towards the end of the game when he threw the ball down. You have to have the right mentality and the right head for it, and even though he's you know he's a very good player he's brilliant and he's but he's only 18 so you can kind of understand him making the mistakes and you know Tottenham might have targeted him so uh and Pepe you know he's kind of fresh he hadn't played uh the last game because of his, the birth of his child so I can understand that was a uh, quite an easy substitution to make I think it was quite a you know, one in, one out, kind of like almost like for like, you know, they're both very fast, very uh, pacey, very skillful, both playing the wing, just opposite wings. But no, I had no, I had no quarrels with that uh, change whatsoever. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, you've got, you've got to manage Saka. You know, all this nonsense where you got to play him, play him, play him. You no, know, you've got to manage him. You know, he's, he's at that point. He's a young kid. He may have been able to come on sooner, but I, I didn't see a problem in resting him there. I really didn't. John, um, game starts off. Oh, my God. Ma- uh, we get um, uh, Martinez having to save from um, Moura early doors. You see um, Martinez giving a poor ball out. We Our passing was non-existent at, uh, to begin with. They came out at us. Typical North London derby, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure why we started so slow, to be honest, and our passing was really sloppy, um, especially, especially at the back. Uh, you know, Louise and Mustafi, I think, have actually been pretty good, to be perfectly honest. Kalasinic, I'm sure we'll get on to, but those two in particular are normally comfortable passing the ball out from the back, but today looked really shaky, especially the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, the midfield, Tobias looked a bit leggy, I'm not sure. Xhaka... He's fine in the middle, but again, you've got to have the people moving around him and he wasn't being given a lot of options. But even Tierney as well looked a little bit tired and and perhaps, I don't know, it's it's so many games after he's come back from his injury. Um, I thought the only one who really looked assured at the start and I was comfortable whenever they got the ball was um, Bellerin, uh, to be perfectly honest. I thought the rest of them all all looked pretty pretty dodgy because Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, none of them, it, it really weren't sticking to him. Yeah, but was that down to a poor movement? Because again, we've seen this before, okay, where a movement off the ball is non-existent. You've got no options to pass out to. 
and all of a sudden the jitters go through the team because you know there's nobody finding space and this is the same old problems we faced for the last couple of seasons i think that the like the, the movement was poor, but there still were times where there was a player at least available. And the passes were just like a couple of yards wide of them or where they'd make a move for it. And it was giving them an awkward ball when they didn't really want to receive it. Um, just took them a little while to get into the game. But, you know, thankfully, Martinez, um, you know, made the saves look pretty easy, to be honest, in the end. The ones that he did have to make. Um, just on the starting lineup quickly, I know just jumping back a bit. Um, I was actually disappointed to see Saka out of the team. Uh, and I would have, uh, I wouldn't have started Lacazette, which I know now looks very stupid. But previous to the game, I would have played Saka one side, Pepe the other, and Alba through the middle. That's well, we're going to get onto Pepe in a bit now because he's only got one foot, and you know, I mean, that, that that's probably cost us today. I, I thought the fact that he's only got one foot, and you know, we we struggle. Um, Carl, you know, you see some good work from Sabayas and Tierney. Well defended by Spurs. Um, Martinez saving from Kane again. Pepe giving the ball away cheaply. We started to come into the game more, okay? But we weren't really creating a massive amount, were we? No, it was very slow, very lethargic. Like John said, we seemed a bit leggy and like almost we were very, very tired. I mean, you know, it, it almost seemed that we had played like a few days before, but we had more rest than Tottenham did. We had, um, I think, 48 hours more rest than they did. So you, you kind of would have thought that we would have started the game a bit more sprightly. And, and obviously you would have thought that Arteta kind of would have uh, told them to capitalise on that. You know, the fact that, you know, Spurs only played 48 hours ago and they would have been more leggy. And, you know, I don't... <sighs> Sorry, I'm not kind of making excuses, but it was a warm day in London today. Very, very warm. And I know you can say, yeah, they're athletes and they've had this amount of time off and blah, blah, blah. But and then they playing, they're not used to playing in this kind of heat. Do you know what I mean? It's it was, Like I said, it was a very warm day. And I think that that may have taken its toll. Again, it, it may seem like an excuse and it probably is, to be honest. But uh, for me, I just think that we should have um, capitalised on Spurs' tiredness. No, 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 I, I totally agree with you. Um, Carl, have a look at your camera, mate. You've got a bit fuzzy there, pal. Um, John, after 16 minutes, all my frustration seems to go away. Xhaka does really well to get the ball, the turnover ball on the edge of um, uh, on the edge of the Spurs box. Gives it a Lacazette. Lacazette, a couple of nice touches, and ooh la la. Ooh la la. Look, I've been disappointed with him all season, but that finish is just ridiculous. That is... that When you see him do that, you just get so frustrated with him in all the other games. You just think, why can't you do that more often? Because it's you see it when he's angry or he's annoyed by something or whatever, and it almost looks like he was, I don't know, whether it was a challenge or him or a pass that wasn't made for a run he'd made or something, and he just gets the ball, just turns, and just, just the, the way he hits the ball... The technique, no keepers getting that. Absolutely, I think on the commentary I had um, Dixon and whoever it is who does the NBC commentary with him. Um, he said like the ball's already in the back of the net before the keepers got across. Oh. It, it's just it's fantastic finish, um, and it shows the the other thing as well. You've pointed out the Jacker putting the pressure on. Like there were some sloppy passes in the build up to it, and you know thankfully it fell to Aurier and Jacker could could get on him. But that high press. 
that's how you get those sort of goals. And you see Man City do it and Liverpool done it, where you're pressing high at the pitch because players are nervous because they're near the edge of their own box. They're going to make mistakes and you capitalise on it. Um, and that, to me, was the just... It's a brilliant finish. As soon as that goes in, I just think, oh, OK. Right, we started off shaky, started to come into the game, moving it about a bit. We've got this goal. It's going to knock the stuff out of Tottenham. You know, it's, it's just going to knock them back a bit and we can go on from here. And I thought, yeah, we're going to do them today. Do you know what? I'm with you all the way, Carl. There was no backlift of that shot. It was just, I mean, that's all I got is like a boom. It just, I mean, it doesn't come off your foot any sweeter than that, does it? No, it was brilliant. Um, it reminds me of a goal that he scored in the Europa League when he played for uh, Leon, and I'm sure it was against a Turkish club. For some reason, it's in my head. If Chris was here, Chris would probably tell you. But yeah, in my head, um, it was definitely a goal that he scored against in the Europa League, and then I, that's when it was like, yeah, we need to get him. We definitely need to get him. When I thought that he would uh, change Arsenal, um, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I watched it in my living room, and I had my um, I had my living room window open, and as normal, I shouted like very, very loudly, and um, people walking past my house <laughs> sort of laughed because they knew I was watching the football, which made me laugh. But um, yeah, just an absolute brilliant shot like Loris would never get in there never no people was getting there uh it was just brilliant it's almost like an angry shot kind of like you know when like you're pissed off the referee's just giving like uh, a foul against you you're arguing you just want to hit it hit something as hard as you can and then you hit the ball and yeah absolutely um brilliant and at that point you thought yes like we can go on we can go on to do something great yeah, 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 yeah. No, I gotta be honest, Steel. I'm so excited at that point. I'm gonna stick with you here, Carl, but not two minutes later. Um Klasenas gets the ball, he's got time, he's got Cherney free ahead of him. But again, we see this all too often with with our midfielders and defenders at times. He looks for the back the back ball to David Luis and he gets he puts it inside of him instead of outside of him. And Son is on it. Luis has got no hope. Um, oh my God! I, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. And to be fair, Son he finishes really, really well. So my issue is, first of all, um, you played Kolasinac in the middle because you believe that he has got to be a better defender than. Socrates or Rob Holding. That, that's the first of all, because throughout his whole he's, career... He's putting him on the left-hand side of the three because he's left-footed. That's why right. he's playing there. But it makes no difference. He's still playing him in centre defence. So what you're saying is, in all of our centre defenders that we have, you think that he is the best option. He's better... You're trying to tell me that he's a better uh, central defender than Socrates or a better central defender than Rob Holding, irrespective of whether you play him on the left, right or the middle. That's that's the issue I'm trying to get at. So, are you playing him so you can try and uh, make uh, tyranny run up and down, and you've got protection on the left hand side? Because if so, again, you're, I think Arteta's wrong there. Because one, I I know people may have their problems with Socrates, but is Kalasnach a better central defender than Socrates? No, he's not. Is Socrates a better central defender than Rob Holding? I don't think that he is. I don't know what the hell's wrong with my camera. But um, <laughs> so for me, um, 
that's that's where you've gone wrong. You, you're playing with someone who cannot pass a ball. This is someone who runs up and down the wing or should run up and down the wing because that's his quote-unquote day job. Um, so And he cannot pass the ball properly. Like, as normal, he panics and goes backwards. As normal, you panic and go backwards. Rather than try and hit the ball up the pitch, you're right. He played it on the inside, but you think, why would you do that? Like, it was a bad pass to... Um, Luis. That's the one, Luis. And I just think that it's just typical. You've got a, a player who cannot pass a ball more than two yards. It's, it's absolutely atrocious, the fact that you have a, a player that plays for Arsenal who is a passing team or is known as a passing team and a player who cannot pass. I think it's bad. I, I don't think he should play a central defensive role because I honestly feel that Socrates is a much better central defender than him. Well, that's that's debatable, pal. Socrates has been guilty of more, letting in more goals, responsible for more goals this season uh, and last season than anybody else. Would Socrates you know, have he, made a pass like that? Honestly, oh yeah, he, oh yeah, oh yeah. Socrates has got that in him, no doubt. I've got to be honest. With you look, he's not on the pitch, Socrates today, so I'm not going to have a go at him. But John, just just quickly on that, yeah. Once you go into a score, well. <laughs> The, the thing, I mean, Cole put it right. It's Kalasic's fault because the pass is awful. I saw some people digging out David Luiz. I don't know what they expect him to do. He's got two choices there. Either plays the way he did yeah. and tries to win the ball and he's got fucking no hope because of the pass to him, or he pulls down Son and he gets a red card. He's in no win. And after what happened to him in the game previously where he got sent off and he made a, you know, it was a stupid decision what he made, he's trying to stay on the pitch. It's, you know... <laughs> I think Carl makes a good point. I understand why Arteta wants a left-footed player there. It opens up the pitch more. It makes sense. You've got Mustafi on the right-hand side. David Luiz is in the middle. Then he can just sit. He doesn't have to come out from the back with a ball. Everyone's talking about that. He didn't do that under Conte. In a back three, he just sat there. He did not move. He just sat there. If he got the ball, if there was a long pass on, he can do that. Otherwise, he doesn't move. He's got good pace. He can cover the other two centre-backs. There is an argument that, all right, if Pablo Marie obviously was fit, he'd probably be playing. He, he would be the guest, and it's part of the reason why they got him, because he's left-footed. Cedric Suarez is a guy who has played as a centre-back in a free, and he can play left or right foot. To be perfectly honest, the way Kalasadesh has been playing in the system, I think I'd rather see him play there. You could play Tierney there. He's not the biggest, but at least he can fucking defend. I know that you lose a lot of his attacking ability then, but it's not like he can't change that, so that is an issue. It's, you you could you could swap Kalasinac and Tierney in those positions, couldn't you? Yeah. Because Kola going forward uh, as as that thing, he, he's got a lot of pace and he that open up the field for you. Yeah. So th- there's definitely options to move that around. So that is disappointing. I think the the thing with the remainder of this season is Arteta is just trying to see it through. It's clear that he obviously sees Marie's going to be his left sided one. Saliba's coming in. Next season, he's played in a three. He can play central. He can play on the right. He's played, I think he's played majority of the on the right of a three. Um, that gives you more options in the middle. So you can have David Luiz. Obviously, we sign up for contract. You've got Holding. You've got Callum Chambers. If if he is going to be one who stays, so you know that. I think that selection issue is just one where it's just it's kind of persevered with what we've got till the end of the season, and then it's all going to be addressed. Um, it does make me worry about the City game, obviously, for the Cup, because that's basically all we've got to play for now. 
let's be perfectly honest. Um, I just, I just so frustrated because despite the defensive errors and the mistakes, and obviously we'll get to the second goal as well. We had enough opportunities in this game. We're going to come to that. Just two more. Yeah, we're going just to come quickly, to that. just quickly. Would it be prudent to put, like you said, Tierney in the middle and then play, even play Saka where Tierney plays, or do you <laughs> then maybe lose Saka's attacking prowess? I think he's shown that when he's played at left wing back, he still gets forward and, and contributes loads. And don't forget the way we're playing; those those wing backs they don't get back as much as they normally would. They are very very high up the pitch, and I think if you're Saka, you just you just play wherever. He said it himself. If the manager asked me to play somewhere, I played there. And he saw it today in the game. Obviously, when they shifted around at the end, and they just sort of threw on who everyone we had, and he went to left back essentially. Um, so I don't see it as an issue putting him there. It's difficult, doesn't it? You know, you want the bot, you want the guy to show off his attacking, his attacking ability. Okay, you know, he's not, he's not gotten to where he is for his defensive work. He's gotten there for on his attacking ability. Hmm. Um, I think you've got enough that left wing back at the moment. You could play Klaus there. You could play Tierney there. You've got to. You don't need to play Saka there for the sake of playing him there. If you're going to play him, play him where you want him to develop. And don't mess him about. Do you know what I mean? If he has to come in for injuries issues, fine. But let's not let's not put round pegs in square holes. And you, you know what I mean? You know, I, I just oh. think I want to see this guy in the opposition half with the ball at his feet. I think he's exciting. I also want to see him on the left hand side, not the right hand side. Because I think he's more effective from the left. But we wait and see. Um Carl, we see a Ben Davis screamer hit the woodwork. I think um, Martinez gets a save to it. Heart in mouth time. Definitely. I I honestly thought that it was in. I, I genuinely thought it was in. And, you know, I, I hate saying it, but credit to him getting it on target. Um, but also credit to our goalkeeper for getting the fingertips to it and just putting it onto the bar. It was, you know, the shot was as good as the save. Um, but Again, you just kind of we're uh, holding off people. We're just letting people come inside, come inside, and you're thinking, I can't be the only person who's thinking, go towards him, go towards him. But no one does, not our defenders, not our midfielders. And at that point, you can't, no matter who it is, and I guarantee they probably were hoping him to hit. They probably said, yeah, go on, son, hit, hit, hit. And then he's hit and he's gone onto the post, and you're thinking, come on, you've got to do better than that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really disappointing, and it's part of the reason I get frustrated with this team, is we, we you know we don't close down quite well enough. Even when we do the press, we net you know we've gotten lucky a couple of times through hard work. You know, hard work's earned just a bit of luck a couple of times, rather. That's the way to say it. But you know, I I thought Sabayos and Xhaka first half, even though we came into it towards the second part of the first half. I didn't think they were up to much. John, your opinion on that, then pass on to Carl again, please. Um, I thought they were okay in terms of what they did in controlling the pace of the game when we started to come into it. The And Spurs had set up in a way where they really only had the two in midfield. I think it was just Winks and Lacelso. But in terms of creativity, you weren't getting a whole lot from them. I think Sobias did a couple of like decent passes, but they were quite deep. So it was very much relying on our wing-backs. Um, Carl, I don't know what, what your take was it on the on the midfield for the first half. 
I think that it just, for me, it wasn't good enough. Tobias had a few good touches here and there, and he was trying to drive on. I, I see what he was trying to do, 100%. For me, it's just... I, I, I want there to be a good sort of partnership between him and uh, Xhaka, but I just feel that it's just... It's just lacking something. It's lacking that person to run on beyond the last defender, you know, beyond the strikers. That's what we're missing, you know. And, you know, yeah, he's gone now. I don't really want to talk, uh, keep going on about him. But that's what Ramsey used to do. He used to run on beyond our strikers. So there's another outlet and there's someone else to pass to. But we just don't have the midfielders who do that. I mean, like I said, Sabayas does. It, you can tell that he wants to, but he's always like just a bit cautious like maybe, you know, he's been told, watch out for the counter-attack. And that's why he feels like he needs to be uh, in the middle or he just doesn't want to break from that middle sort of um, mold. Like you want him to go out to the left, out to the right, just drag defenders out. And he doesn't seem to do it. And I'm not just blaming him because all of our midfielders just don't seem to do it. I think the one time um, it was done was against the Wolves game when Xhaka scored. Like I've never seen Xhaka run on beyond our strikers ever. That's the first time I've, I think I've ever seen him do it. And he managed to get a goal. And you're hoping that, I was hoping that that would be the the catalyst, but evidently it wasn't. I think that's also, that is partly a symptom of the system we're playing now. With those two in the middle and playing so wide, it allows Aubameyang and Pepe, or whoever the two wide players are, to get much more narrow and get into the box and attack, whether it's from either back post and the fullbacks to be the be the real width of the team, rather than if you're playing a four-three-three, you know, the, the too many of us are the strikers are the ones who are going to provide you that width. I mean, if you see three in the middle, you're going to see more likely players running into the box, which we've seen a lot when Willock's come on in games and we've sort of gone to a three in the middle generally, and he's been the man to break into the box. Um, so I don't necessarily blame Jacker and Ceballos because I think they were doing what they were told to do in the game and the system we play. I've got to be honest, I, I have an issue with that, okay, because I don't think they work hard enough off the ball. Okay, oh, sorry, I don't not 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 work hard enough. At times they don't work hard enough, they're not effective enough off the ball by any stretch of the imagination. They don't get in good positions free, okay? And when you've got Lacazette dropping so deep, okay, it does give one of them the opportunity to get ahead. You know, because all too often, I know you talk about um uh, Pepe or Aubameyang getting into the box, mm. but they don't often enough. And that's the problem. Yeah, but that, that again, that's down to the individuals. I think within that system, those two are supposed to more sit and help the back free, be an option and an outlet for them whenever they get the ball. Let them, let them take the ball and then go forwards with it. And you're relying on, and I think this whole thing with Lacazette dropping deeper as well, that's not uh, him trying to get involved in the game. That's intentional. Yeah. That is, that is the... That is the I think this is this is why, and this is the one issue I have with Arteta so far, is I know why he doesn't put Aubameyang through the middle. He's very effective from the left. It's fine. You can play him on the left and he'll still get your goals. He's, we've seen that his whole time he's been at Arsenal. He can't play with his back to goal. So going through the middle in the way we play at the moment just isn't going to work. Lacazette, as much as I don't particularly like him at the moment, despite his amazing goal today, which I'm taking nothing away from, that's fucking brilliant. He he will work really hard and hold the ball up for you and bring other people into play in the same way that Enketia does, which is why you keep seeing that swap at the moment for those two. Um, and I think that's where the issue is, that if if you're going to play this system, those two centre mids, 
you're not going to get much out of them creatively. It's all going to be on the two men who are either side of Lacazette or Enketia, whoever it is through the middle, and the wing-backs. They're going to be the ones who have to provide the bullets for you. Carl, you, you saw good work from Lacazette um, in the box, creating an opportunity for Pepe, okay? Which, it, it wasn't the greatest shots, and unfortunately it didn't kind of happen. But again, we don't seem to have anybody then chasing on, do we? You know, we're not following in for any rebound balls at all, are we? No, and that's been Arsenal's issue for God knows how long, to be honest. Let's be, um, it's not a an Arteta thing. It wasn't even an Emery thing. We don't have... I mean, you look at Jesus yesterday, uh, the goal that he scored. He was on the toes and he was straight in there for the rebound for Man City goal. There's not an Arsenal player in our whole squad that will do that. They just wait. And that's what my issue is. Like, I looked at that goal yesterday and I, I, and I honestly thought to myself, Arsenal would never, ever, ever score a goal like that because no one anticipates the second ball. No one anticipates, you know, the goalkeeper rebounding and uh, or a player missing a header or anything like that. And it, it, it gets frustrating a little bit because you do think to yourself, why aren't they taught that? Why aren't they all constantly on their toes? I find that Arsenal are constantly flat-footed, especially you see it when we're doing quick passing as well. Like, we'll have a nice passing movement and then someone will hit a ball to the left and then they'll be so flat-footed, the ball goes wide. And you think to yourself, come on, guys, like, you lot are in training together all the time. You should know kind of, you know, what the other person is going to do and we just don't anticipate stuff and we don't run behind and it's frustrating that we don't do that. It's almost like they say, right, I'm a midfielder. I'm not a striker. I'm not going forward. Do you know what I mean? And I know it's stupid for me to say that because they obviously don't think like that, but it just seems like they do. You're on mute, Jase. Sorry, the criminal. That's the first half. I I agree with you. I've got to be honest. I I find it very frustrating at the moment. You know, you saw... I know know at the end of the Leicester game, we were under the cosh, but... Christ, we, we were better than the way we played. I know the weather was horrible, but we had nothing left in the tank, you know. And I think fitness is is, is going to be a big part of this. And you saw, you heard Mikel Arteta when he came in say how disappointed he was with the fitness. Well, there's there's no you know, there's no secret. We got rid of a performance director in the summer in um uh, in oh what's his name what's his name. Darren Burgess, yeah. yeah. And Darren Burgess is elite at what he does. And, you know, I I think this is another issue with Emery and Raul, where they wanted their own way. And instead of, you know, doing what's best for the squad, we're doing what's best for Raul and Unai Emery. And it's left us in a hell of a mess. Um, But, you know, they'll have to address that in the summer. They're going to have to address it. End of the first half, so the scores in the doors were, we edged possession, 52 to 48. Shots, six each. On target, four to them, two to us. Corners, two each. Fouls, seven to two. Now, they picked up a couple of yellow cards, and I was really expecting us to run at Aurier and to run at Ben Davis in the second half. But we don't. You see us under the cosh again beginning the second half. You see Mustafi defending well against Moura. Um, you get to see Winks make... A pullback challenge on Ceballos, which had been a yellow for everybody else, not given a yellow. John, it was beginning to get a tad frustrating, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I actually thought the referee had done quite well in the game up until that particular challenge. I thought he'd let most things go if he could. He'd given yellow cards when it was obvious and it was like a tactical foul. I think a couple of the Spurs ones, the first couple were just like, oh, they've gone past me. I'm just going to have to pull him down or you know, pull back on the shirt or whatever. That one just made no sense and it was kind of almost a... I think afterwards you sort of saw him and he was like fumbling about in his pocket as if he was like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and then just changed his mind last minute. So I didn't quite understand why he didn't give it. Um, but yeah, because of the way we'd ended the first half and we had him under pressure and then when we came out in the second, I just thought, where's the where's the energy? It was very slow, kind of drab, both teams. It looked more like a sort of training session. Um, and it's just a weird, like a weird thing for a derby as well. Lee Dixon said in the commentary, he said, like, last couple of years, the derbies have come kind of stale for him because he's obviously older generation. The football was a lot more physical back then. But even today, there was no one really getting in each other's face. There was no arguing or anything else. I'm not talking about going and being, you know, stupid and being an idiot, doing a Gwendozi or whatever. But um, there was no real aggression in the team. Like from either club, to be perfectly honest, it was very odd. I, I, I'll give him a pass today. I will give him a pass today because... Without the crowds, it's so different. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I totally understand. It's 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 a very bizarre atmosphere to play in, and to be in such a what is you know one of your bigger games of the season, and for them it's normally their cup final. It's I don't know. It just I just felt like is no one going to get up for it a little bit? You know, have a bit of pep or fight in it, and there just didn't seem to be any. And to be fair, I mean, Carl, you know, they, they, we don't seem to have those characters in the squad at the moment, you know. I mean, for all the talk of Jacques as an enforcer, what have you, I, I, I don't think he is. I think, I think, you know, he gets the rough end of the stick way too often. Do you know what I mean? And the front three, they're too relaxed to sort of get into people's faces. Ceballos, he's not that type of guy. The defenders are bunnies in the headlights at the moment still. You know, they're still living off. Um, uh, God, what happens if I make a mistake? There, there is that lack of sort of up and up there, isn't there? Yeah, and you can kind of put it down to, and this is someone like me saying this, maybe there's too many people, uh, too many foreigners from... Uh, playing in, in the fixture who don't know what it means. Like, wait, 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 let me finish. Because oh. I'll say this because, oh. yes, you can say that, yes, uh, when you play for the Arsenal, you should know what that fixture means. You should know. I mean, my generation, or when I started with Arsenal, the, the two fixtures you look out for is the Manchester United one and the Tottenham one. Those, everyone, those are my two biggest rivals. They're my rivals. You know, people may have from different eras, people may say, oh, Chelsea are a rival. For me, Chelsea are not that much big of a rival. You know, people may say Liverpool. For me, it's Man United and Spurs. For me, if it was, if I was a manager from the week before, I would be pepping people up to say what this fixture means. I mean, unless you, and I, and I, I know what you're going to say, but for me, unless you really support Arsenal, like, you know, we have invested interest like, I'm really wanting to win this game because it's them lot. We want to beat them lot from up the road. We have to. That's me. Man United and Spurs. Those are the two teams that we have to beat uh, throughout the season for me. When you come in and it's just a job, it's just like, you know, I get paid to play football. They they will say, well, we want to beat everyone. You know, that's the 
case of how you know as probably a footballer would say and i get that but for me it's it's a bit of passion like could you imagine like none of our players like you said like john was saying none of our players you know getting their faces could you imagine someone like Urzel trying to get in someone's face it just doesn't work like everyone is yeah. too pally pally and too nice and it kind of and I'm not digging out Urzel I'm digging out, I'll dig out everyone in the squad to be honest I'll dig out every single person everyone's too pally pally and like you know, all that shaking hands at the end, fuck that shit. I would not be shaking anybody's hands from Tottenham if it was me. I'd just be like, no, you're my rival. You're my biggest rival. Yes, the game is played with sportsmanship and all that shit. But for me, no, not shaking your hand before the game. And I ain't shaking your hand after the game. Look, I've played in some nasty derbies where you've hit seven shades of shit at each other. I've been dragged 10 yards by the hair. Do you know what I mean? Then stamped on, you know, and you still shake hands. Right. Once the, once the whistle's gone, you still shake hands. I I, I don't have any. You know, you you, you want to do your dirty, you do it on the park. But there's two Englishmen starting for Spurs. There's a there's a Welshman starting for Spurs, and there's a Scotsman starting for us. Everybody else is continental based or, or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. Martinez has been at the club for ten years. Mustafi has scored. I'm screwed up in these derbies, right? David Luis from Chelsea, he knows what a derby's all about, right? Tierney from the old firm, he knows what a derby's all about, right? Hector, he's been here for how long? All these guys know what a derby's all about. They all know exactly what a derby's all about. I think that's nonsense. But I do think we had a lack of absolute vim today, and that lack of aggression has cost us, and they proved that on the pitch. And that, you know, but the way we started both halves was a real disappointment. But why did we have a lack of aggression then, would be the question I'd ask you. I, I, you have to ask Mikel Arteta and the boys that. I, if, I you really, if you really cared, your aggression would be up from that minute. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying they don't care about this. Of course they do. They want to win. Whether they want to win as badly as they play Wolves, whether they want to win as bad as they play Sheffield United, I, I don't know. But for me, it's like, that is the, like I said, that my generation is Man United and Spurs. But for me, Spurs should be the one game that you have to win. Not want to, but have to win. And as you showed today, it just showed that there wasn't, like I said, a lack of aggression, a lack of, I don't want to say caring no, because they, know, they no, care. No. I know they care. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, John, I want to come to you on this. I think they've gone out with the Wolves mentality in their heads. I think I think Arteta has gone tactically out there to soak up the pressure and then catch them, and it hasn't worked. What do you think? Um, I don't think he got, like, tactically outdone. I think he got undone by two really fucking stupid mistakes from his defence uh, by individuals. So... I think tactically, I think he was fine. And to be perfectly honest, we controlled large portions of the game. Uh, did we create enough to win the game? Yes. Um, I would argue that if you look at the game on balance, the chances of Bamiyang had and the chances Kane had, if they're both on form that day, it probably ends up in a draw. It could have been like 4 all or something. But, you know, uh, I don't think tactically necessarily got it wrong. I don't think like Mourinho is a tactical genius or anything like that. Their best player was Lucas Moura, who for the majority of the game, I thought we did really well against. But we just made two really stupid fucking mistakes and Tottenham didn't waste their chances for it. And that, that that's the difference today, to be perfectly honest. You've got 
Tottenham are not wasting their two gifted chances. And, you know, Aubameyang not scoring. I mean, the first chance he had where he completely mishit it and it almost fell to lack of that is the worst one. The one where he hits the crossbar, all right. Okay, if you're being really super harsh, he should have scored. But he did just about everything else perfect. And then there was the curl that I think Laurie's yeah. got the save on. Um, but you would say any other day, Aubameyang has scored two of those, uh, to be perfectly honest. But then you look at the other end and you say, well, Kane had the one where he probably could have done a bit better when he's gone to chip Martinez. Um, he had the other I thought one Martinez did really well there. I thought he was good. Oh, no, he, don't get me wrong. Martinez did really well, did everything perfectly right. But you know, and I hate saying it, but you know Harry Kane in form scores that goal, regardless of how good the keeper plays. I think the bounce. I, I I think that's all he can do with the bounce is is chip, and I think you know Martinez has, has worked that out. Oh, I think Martinez is flawless in that in what he's done from goalkeeping terms. I just think a top form, you know, Harry Kane just he scores that. But uh, he didn't so fuck him. Oh um, yeah, no. That's the <laughs> I mean, that, that's the one positive to come out of this game is him moaning and not looking particularly happy at the end of it, and he's still stuck on 199 goals. It's great. <laughs> Oh, I hope he fucking does his ankles in. Um, Carl, so we, we, we're on top now, okay? We get we got on top of the game. You see Ceballos and Xhaka uh, dictating the midfield at this point, okay? We're on top, but we're not creating those really clear-cut chances, are we? We're not... We As, as we've all said, there's no real pace or aggression in our game. I think Arsenal were Arsenal's own worst enemy. I think, like you said, we were actually controlling the midfield. And, you know, it's nice to see the link up between Ceballos and Xhaka. It's a partnership that's blossoming at the moment, isn't it? It's getting to the point where, you know, first two names on the team sheet will be those two. And it's nice to see a little bit of a partnership there. But it's just the axis that you just want them to create you, you know it's all well and good having sideways passes and backwards passes but you want forward passes you want you know the creation to 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 happen between those two and it just doesn't and it's 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 weird because you look at Xhaka who's passing is very good you know he's got a very good pass in him and Sabayos who obviously wants to you know run on and you know you can tell he's the sort of player that when he gets the ball he's got quick feet but the end product for me is is what's lacking. Mute again, Jace. Sorry, my professionalism just gets a better of me. Um, freaking heck. Now, you know, I mean, this, this, you know, we're not creating those clear-cut chances, John. We can't inject pace into the game when we really need to. The problem with Pepe playing Pepe on the right-hand side, and I, for God, Pepe frustrates me. The goal return he's got this season is superb. You know, mm. 16 goals and assists. Right? You've got to give him credit, okay? I would look at who the goals came against, but yeah, it's still good numbers. It doesn't matter. Nobody else is scoring against them. You know, you look at West Ham, etc. Mm. Right? Nobody else is scoring them. Nobody in this squad has taken responsibility other than Lacazette all season. Uh, sorry, I'm, uh, Aubameyang all season. So if we're going to be picky about who people are scoring against, we're fucked. Because I've got to be honest with you, okay? I see the nicey, nicey stuff from Xhaka and Ceballos, and it's nice that each grabbed themselves a goal all season. But if you're telling me players of that quality, okay, with a goal return of one each all season is good enough, 
I'm telling you, those shit, those twats need to be shot at the cannon. Because that's not good enough for us. I, mean, I, just, I don't think you play that system, you're not going to get goals from the whoever plays in those two centre mid positions. They're not going to score yeah, goals. We have in the past, we have when you've had players like Ramsey and what have you, and Santi and so Different system. Different system. No, no, no. It, it plays through the back, okay? You know, and I know you could, so you can talk about tactical setup, but it's about the ambition to get forward. But if your manager tells you to sit, then you sit. The difference is they pay attention to Arteta and they do so it exactly this, right. this season, then they've gone against the managers. No, I don't think in that case, but I, like, I today had the game with no, uh, uh, what do you call it, crowd noise or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um, so I could hear like Arteta just constantly, he loves screaming out the whole time. Um, but you can hear him and he's like, Danny, go this far, bang, they're back, Jack, uh, uh, and they just... He's constantly, just constantly telling them where to go. And it is not pushing forwards. It is about keeping the ball, trying to move the other team around. And then the moment you get that bit of space where we saw Sabayas do it for, I think it was Hector in the previous oh, no, game. Sorry, sorry. Casanova, you dirty, scum-ridden ogre. Now, you're annoying me, okay? Your club's going to go bankrupt. I know Harry Kane is going to dribble off into the sunset to either Man United or Real Madrid, and you're going to be a shit show again. You've got lucky today. Now fuck off out of my chat box. Sorry. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, it's just about keeping the ball, keeping the ball, moving the team around, and then you create that space for Tierney, Bellerin, Pepe, whoever it is, to get the run in behind. And you saw it in, I think it was the Wolves game. Tobias played that lovely ball into the channel for, oh no, it was Saka, sorry, who made the run, not Bellerin. Um, but it creates that space. And then you give those midfielders who've got the ability to find those passes from deep to get the guy running in behind. It immediately gets the defence running the wrong way. You have a Bamiyan coming in from one side. You've got Lacazette there. That That's where we're going to score the goals. That's that's how he's playing it. So I don't think you're going to see a ton of goals. If we, if we carry on playing the way we are, do not expect goals from the two centre mids. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to see them in double digits. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not really bothered. I'm looking at ambition more than anything. I want us to play with a bit more ambition, Carl. Um, you see Pepe uh, replaced by Saka, thankfully, because he just you know he's so one-footed. It's it, it cost us today. There was the the cross he put in, and we really needed a left foot to put the ball in. And you you know it just does. It it, it wasn't as fluid as it should be. Did you think at this point, oh, we're going to go on to win this? And pass across to John because I need to go to the toilet. So. Um, I, Saka for me is beginning to be a problem. And I don't know what you think, John. I think the fact that he is so one-footed is beginning to be a bit of a hindrance. I think the fact that he always wants to come in on his right, on his left foot, I think players are now starting to notice that. I mean, Technically, he should have sort of known that from uh, from the get go. But I think because he's like he's very skillful, it's hard to kind of stop that. But it is beginning to be a problem that the fact that he always, always, always wants to come in on his left foot. So if you're a very good or smart defender and you show him down the line, there's nothing he's going to do, absolutely nothing apart from pass the ball backwards because he just cannot. 
I've never, I mean, I know we've had some really wonderful players in the past and for some reason, Davos Suka popped into my head how he was <laughs> so yeah. one-footed. Davos Suka's left foot was an absolute wand, but he was he was definitely so one-footed. He was unreal. But for me, Pepe has got the the skill to get onto his left foot, but he just doesn't have the execution. Yeah, there was like a few flashes today where you saw him get away from his man and he took a good shot from outside the box, tried to curl it, just went wide. Um, and another one where he tore away and he got brought down. The bigger issue I have with him rather than his left foot is his just seemingly unwillingness to run at someone. Really fucking winds me up. It, it, I mean, Jay said it. For end of the first half, Aurier's booked, Ben Davis is booked. You've got Pepe one side, Aubameyang the other way. You've got Tierney backing him up. You've got Bellerin backing him up. You've already seen Bellerin roast Ben Davies. And this is a guy who, by the way, according to Mr. Twat and the Datsun, has lost all his pace and you can fuck off. He's done with him. He absolutely tore Ben Davies apart and put in a great ball that we should have scored from. Um, why is Pepe not just knocking the ball past him and just running past him? Commit him. Commit your man. The amount of times we had breakaways today where we slowed the ball down and it, it went to Pepe a lot and he carried it a decent distance and then he just stopped and turned back. And it's so frustrating because you can see he can do it. Just run with the ball. I'm not asking for much. I said, look, I'll give him until next season and then I'll start evaluating him properly because it is his first season and it's been very weird. It's broken up. You know, change of managers, the whole club's being restructured, all that sort of thing. So he's coming at a very strange time. But it is so frustrating watching him do that. I just want him to get the ball and just run. Just run at but this is the thing, he did it to Ben Davis a couple of times. There was one really nice run edge of the box for Pepe, where, you know, the ball's on, on, on the right his right side. Davis can't get to it. And the one thing Davis does struggle with, because he's, he's quite a big guy, is turning. You know, Ben yeah. Davis is, is fantastic in a back three as a left-sided um, uh, centre-back. But at left-back, he you know, he if you've got something nippy enough, and Pepe is nippy enough, he sh- you should be able to get at him. And and again, this comes down to the ambition side of it, where, you know, we, we don't stretch them enough. And to not run at either Aurier or Ben Davis, or even La Celso was absolutely criminal. It was absolutely criminal. Um, Carl, you get a Hector shot blocked by, um, uh, by, I don't know who blocked it, Kim Jobamian, Larice pulls off a good save. Um, then you get a Mustafi mistake. Uh, he went to ground too early, and you see Martinez saving from Son. It's ants in your pants time. It's getting to that time again. We give away the um, corner, and unfortunately, we get it wrong. We get it wrong. Talk to me about the Oliveira goal. I think that the marking was all wrong. I mean. As much as, as as good as tyranny is, I think that having uh, him mark Aldevira was all wrong. I think you've got to look at your centre defenders, central defenders marking the people who are going to be dangerous in the air. And, you know, the two centre-backs, Harry Kane, because they're all quite tall, those are the players that you should have had Mustafi or... Um, Louise Markin, I think it's just, or even Aubameyang, I just think it's, 
we 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 matched up all wrong in the area. And I mean, credit to him, good header. But I just I just think that he's got in front of. I I always have a problem when the attacker player gets goal side of the of a defender. Now the corner came in from the right left hand side, sorry, and you had Aldevira in front of the the player and it's kind of like Tyranny get in front of him or whoever I just have to be Kieran Tyranny it has to be whoever was marking him well, it, was he, Tierney. It, it was Tierney who was marking yeah, him yeah um, get in front of him and said he's behind him and, and that for me is always uh, an issue but you know I just think from beginning to the end of the corner just you've got the wrong people marking um, the wrong people and that's what cost us today John you know we, we saw last season that um if you had Torreira um, on the park, he would do that blocking job very well. We've even seen uh, Hector do it very well. I think Tierney has done quite badly on this, to be honest with you, but it's a great ball in. And the size on Aldevira, he's a monster, isn't he? Yeah, it's a, it's a wicked delivery. It's like perfect cross. It's in the worst area. The goalkeeper's got no chance. He basically is rooted. He can't move. Um, and Tierney's lost his man, and it's it's just a good move from Tottenham that they they block Tierney off. He gets out, he just out of where gets away from him, and then they make the run that basically means that Tierney ends up running into the back of Mustafi. And yeah, it's Tierney's lost his man. It's that simple. Um, it's a really good ball, really good header, uh, individual error. Yes, um, question marks about who is picking up who on the marking. I would say that, like Carl said, I'm not sure Tierney should be picking up out of the world. I don't know whether, you know, they obviously see more in training than we do and like who's the best header. Yeah, but, 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 but the way we defend corners is you have run blockers yeah. and they're not they're not the biggest of guys, okay? And then your back three, your Kolasinac, your Mustafi, your uh, Luises are coming out to win that ball. Yeah. The ball's too good for that to happen. I mean, they, they can't get to it. They're not getting to that ball. Martinez can't come for it. And unfortunately, I just think it's a really well-executed corner. Yeah, it's, it's a very good corner and Tierney will be kicking himself because he knows he's lost his man. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more you can say about it. The thing, the biggest disappointment for me other than that goal is the way the team reacted as soon as we conceded it, in particular the defence. They were shot at that point because, look, we, we go 2-1 down. We are under the cosh immediately. And you see, you know, Mustafi at this point has made two mistakes all game. He really looks like a carton hot tin roof. Now. Oh, I thought, I, I honestly, I thought Mustafi, up until that point, it had a really good game. I didn't think he'd really done anything wrong. We go 2-1 down. Immediately, the team looks shaky. Yeah. And he's giving the ball away. He's falling over. And he's so disappointing because, honestly, since he's come back into the team under Arteta, he's probably been our best defender. He's been really solid. He's brilliant yeah. in the air. He's been brilliant with his passing. He hasn't made stupid decisions. And that's the Mustafi, that last 10, 15 minutes of the game, that's the Mustafi I do not want to see anywhere in Arsenal. And the fact that's still in there and can still come out is the biggest thing that worries me I, about it. I agree with you. But at that point, the midfield lost all his shape. They've got runners coming through at will, right up. And it's it's back to Unai Emery days, right? Uh, the only player, the only one of a back three who hasn't made a mistake all game is David Luiz. I know uh, he didn't make a mistake today, yeah. right? Uh, um, up until up up until the point where 
he went to ground when Kane got the ball to Son to cost us the corner. Mm. I was thinking, Christ, Mustafi's got to show for man of the match, yeah? Yeah. His distribution had been good. You know, the midfield had made far more mistakes. The, the front three, far more mistakes. And yet he did go to pot after that. You know, we, we've got to say it as it is. But, Carl, you don't see us react well. You see then three late changes from Mikel Arteta. Cedric Willock and Nelson coming on for Hector, Kolasinac and Tierney. Too little, too late? What was your opinion? 100%. He's, um, I don't know why. He he probably thought that the team on the pitch were going to rectify the, uh, the situation. But for me... They should you should have um changed it so much earlier, and I don't know why he did it. I don't know why he's so reluctant to make changes. He's and this is something that we've seen from Arteta. I, I think we've definitely seen that he just doesn't like to make changes, he doesn't like to change. You know, where you know, we was all praising Unai Emery when something was going wrong, he changed it straight away. He wasn't scared to make uh, three substitutions at half time, and we all praised that because of what we had from Arsene Wenger. We had, you know, the customary 65 minute uh substitution that we always had from Arsene, and it was nice to see something different. But Arteta seems to be in the old school uh of Arsene Wenger, you know, trust the team that I've picked. Uh, but today, definitely the subs were far, far too late. and you sh- definitely shouldn't have made uh, use of the fact that we got f- we can make five substitutions. You know, you got to make use of that. And if you felt that your tired, the players were tired, you know, bring on, try and change it up and bring on something else. Like Lacazette was tired. You know, Lacazette hasn't played a lot of ninety minutes, so you can tell that he was tired. And yeah, you're right. We didn't really have uh, a different striking option, but you know, you change the system. Then you put a Bamiyang up front and bring on a-, a Nelson who can play on the wing. You know, change it up, and he just. He didn't do it today, which was disappointing. I agree. I think I think I, I, I think he got done. Okay, I think you know your midfield was shattered. They, they just weren't up to it. And that last ten minutes, a la the um, the Leicester game, showed it again. Um, really disappointed by the front three today. Uh, look, the game runs out. We've lost. Um, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. I thought we showed a lack of ambition. I thought we showed a lack of aggression. And I thought we gave a bloody awful Spurs team. We gifted them two goals and we gifted them three points, which really annoys me. And I think Arteta has to take, whereas he's taken plaudits all along since he's come in, I think he has to take the blame today. He can talk of mistakes on the pitch as much as he wants, but John... You know, don't tell me the substitutions put us into an advantageous position today. Um, no, I don't think they did. I think he could have made changes earlier. I think the options he's had, not having Enketia and not having Martinelli obviously hurts. Um, I think they're bigger for us than people perhaps realise. He's really reluctant not to play with a Lacazette or Enketia through the middle. That, that seems quite apparent. Um, I, under, I do understand why putting a Bamiyang through the middle at that point in the game honestly isn't really going to offer you a lot because Spurs are just going to sit back so deep that there's going to be no space for him to run behind and at that point you've completely nullified him because going through the middle he's just going to get picked up every time or be offside um, 
what I would say though is that you can, like Carl said, you can take Lacazette off, you can bring on Nelson, um, you know, you can change to a free in midfield, you can, you know, fuck it, you can go all out and play just free at the back and just say, oh, look, okay, we've got Cedric on, we're going to bring on Maitland Niles and make him run up and down wing for the last 10 minutes. You know, put Saka in the middle, let him just play where he wants, just get on the ball anywhere you like, son, just go and run and, and just, you know, leave your front free or something. Um, you've got Willock who can run in the box. So I don't think he had the best options in the world, and that is an issue with our squad at the moment. There isn't a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can do and the, the way we play. But, yeah, it's disappointing. I'm not going to blame him too much for the, the goals we conceded because it is just two individual mistakes. Um, which you, you can't do. That's not something you can necessarily do that much about as a manager. No, that's fine. Carl, your thoughts on the game, mate? Disappointing. Very, very disappointing. It, it, the fact, I'm not mad. Like you said, I'm not mad that we lost that game. I'm just, I am disappointed because it was an opportunity for us to win that game. You know, for us to go to the Spurs Stadium for the first time and win, we would have, you know, lauded that over them for so long. And it's disappointing that we didn't... We, Arsenal are Arsenal's own worst enemy. And the fact that we lost from a losing position just it hurts even more. You know, I think it's 15, game, 15 points we dropped from losing positions. And that's... For me, that's really, really bad. We we have to do better. You as a, as a club, you know, we have to do much that, better. That puts you in the top five, in the top four. If you if you win those fifteen points, okay, you are third above Leicester. So it just goes to show you that, you know, is it a mentality thing with Arsenal? And to a point, I think it is because we have players who have the ability, but is it just the mentality? Like John was saying, we conceded a second goal and we went to pop. You had Mustafi diving all over the place and, you know, before that he wasn't doing that. So is it just the mentality thing where, you know, it's the panic stations. We're losing. Oh, no, we have to panic. And it's just a shame that, you know, we couldn't push on today. I think that we had the the chance to really set a mark, you know, we're, we're not going to get into Champions League. And I think everyone near the club kind of knows that. I think secretly deep down, yeah, they if, all know. But, but if, you're dropping, if you're dropping eight points against Tottenham, Leicester and, and Brighton, you don't deserve top four. You no, I, I, you I, have the opportunity. I've said that um, at the moment, I don't want to be in a Champions League because we don't deserve to be in the Champions League. Um, I can't imagine us going away to <laughs> Bayern Munich or uh, call it any elite top European club. We would get absolutely battered. If we can't, if we can't beat Brighton uh, away, how do you expect to go away to Barcelona or whoever and, and win? So for me, so, yeah. we don't deserve to be in Europe. So, I just think that something in the, in the, in the Arsenal squad needs to change. Whether it's different defenders, whether it's uh, different midfielders, whether it's a different striking option, I think the players that we have right now are not good enough. There's no doubt about that. They are not good enough for what we want or what we expect from Arsenal, I should say. Um, however, I just think that Arteta hopefully is the man to change that. And right now... It, it, it hurts and it's raw because yeah, we just but, lost a North London derby. But, but, but my counterpoint to that is, okay, oh, 
people to keep on telling me, oh, we're not good enough for Champions League football. We're not good enough for Champions League football. If we'd have beaten Brighton, if we'd have beaten Leicester, and we'd have won today, and those aren't big asks, okay, they're not big asks. We're in the same amount of points as United. I know United have got a game in hand in us, but you've lost it there. And without Champions League money, who are you going to buy? Because I'm not being funny, okay, we can't go spunking money that we haven't got. And so that, that, that's one of the things, you know, we, we need to show a bit more ambition. And who cares if we get humped in the Champions League? We need that money. But it's all if, buts, and maybes, Jason. You know, it's all, oh, if we had beat Man United, if we had beaten Leicester, but we didn't beat Leicester. If we had beaten Brighton, but we didn't beat Brighton. So it's all if, buts, and maybes. And right now, it's pointless to, it's pointless for us to think about, oh, if we had done this, if we had done that. The fact yeah. of the matter is we didn't do it. And there's a reason why we didn't do it because of the players are not good enough because the the tactics, the system, a culmination of things are, is the reason why we we didn't beat those um, players. And yeah, I, I I want to be in a Champions League. I do. Of course, you want to be with the elite of the elite of Europe. I miss being in the Champions League. But do we deserve to be in the Champions League? No, no way. No, we league don't deserve. We league do not does not deserve like. to be in the Champions League at all. Right, John. What are you laughing about? You're giggling. Sorry, Thunder Road has just put a question for me in the chat that I cannot answer on 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 air. But yeah, Uh, all I would say is Thunder, just bring wet wipes. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. Um, John, how could you this time? Thunder Road. Let me tell you what you know. You man up. You just man up and you get the job done, okay? You know, it's next man up mentality and you go for it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Right, sorry, let's get on with this. Um, right, questions, boys. First to you, John. Um, Phil Marker asks, what about asking Real about a swap deal for Gwendouzi and Ceballos? Um, I would... I mean, yeah, if they're open to it, yeah, sure. I don't know whether Zidane would want... I mean, to be fair, Zidane, yeah, wanting an arrogant Frenchman, but he probably sounds right up his street, to be perfectly honest. Um, if they're open to it, I have no problem with it. I would keep Ceballos on either another loan for a year, I think he's fine, or if you could get him for 20, 25 million, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. The 40 million price that was being banded around originally, I wouldn't pay, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not being funny, okay? 40 million. Mm, no. I don't bail for 40 million. You know what I mean? Carl, um, Al Rapids asks, um, is Martinez better than Leno? Too early to tell. I think, our, you know, the first few games, Martinez has looked absolutely brilliant. Very, very good. But for me, Leno is our um, player of the season. I think he's saved us so many points, even before the lockdown. You know, there are, you know, think about you playing behind that defense, how good you need to be. Um, so for me, it's, it's very too early to tell. And that's not me saying that Leno walks back into the squad next season because he doesn't. He doesn't just walk back in, he has to earn his place. And I think Martinez has shown that he is a, an extremely good understudy to Leno. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. People are, Chris said on this week's pod, People have got short memories when it comes to Leno. He's had a great season for us. Um, Julian Salmon asks, lads, what's your opinion on Pepe's first season? I know it's his first season in, in, in the Premier League, but I'm a bit underwhelmed, to be honest with you. 
He came with a big reputation. I'm not sure he's going to cut it. But Bavia Jean has also asked about Pepe. And are we making the best of Pepe or is he too one-dimensional? I'll answer this one. Um, yeah, I think he is way too one-dimensional at the moment. I think he needs to be braver. I think he needs to run the defenders. I think he needs to stretch the field for us. He's not doing that. He's so one-footed. We're not going to be able to do anything about that. But he needs to hit the byline. He needs to hit the byline, and we need to get pullbacks from him. You've got to give him the second season. I think Arteta will, you know, do some one-on-one -on -one with him. I think the problem you've got is Arteta's job when he's first come in has been to solidify the team. It's not about individuals at this moment in time. It's about getting the team playing better. And we've seen a massive improvement from what we were watching under Emery. So we can't forget that. We also can't ignore the fact that Pepe's got 16 goal contributions, whether they be goals or assists. That's not anything to be sniffed at. Okay, so, you know, you, you, don't, you can't do him down either. The talent's there. Fingers crossed, you know, it's not, he's not going to much of an off-season, unfortunately. But fingers crossed, Arteta can work with him and improve him. John, Phil Marker asks, does Arteta not like holding? Um, I'm not sure. I've never spooned with him. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's terrible. I've got no idea. I don't know what his issue with holding is. I, I, I think it is he likes to have the left foot or the right foot or, and he's really with at the moment to David Louise in the middle. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, it's a little bit concerning that holding is not played because I think the times he's come in, he's been he's been solid. I don't think he's put the foot wrong. Well, I think no, no. Since Arteta's come in, I mean, I don't mean like yeah. his entire Arsenal career. I, if, I think if holding was left footed, he'd be playing ahead of Kalasnich all day long. If I was left-footed, I'd be putting ahead of class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to make it straight to gate. Um, uh, Carl, Carlito Alguna asks, should we sell Mustafi and Socrates this summer? We have to sell one of them. I don't think we can afford to sell both of them because we can't afford to replace both of them. So one of them will have to a more more than likely go and it more than likely will be Socrates. Um I think you know with the wages that he's on, we've got Saliba, whether you know, I don't know if Arteta likes Saliba. So you're gonna have to to watch this case and see. But definitely Mustafi and or um Socrates goes. The thing is that people are putting a lot of weight on Saliba as a guy who's never played in the Premier League before. And but this is what I'm quite, saying. I, I, yeah. I definitely agree there because I think a lot of people have, you know, come in and thinking that Saliba is going to be the, the, the second coming of Tony Adams. Uh, respectfully, and uh, he's played in the French League. And sorry, Chris, but no, no, no let's be serious. No, he's played in the French League. And, you know, there's, there's levels to this shit. And yeah. Unfortunately, well, the level that Arsenal are right now, you probably fit in nicely, but you know, you don't know um the sort of um how he's gonna come in, how he's gonna fit in with the other players. So who knows? Who knows? It's gonna be interesting. I think not having chambers fit as well has an impact on who goes. You know, you look at Mustafa's performances since Arteta's come in, they've been very good. Today was the first time we saw weakness from him. So um you know, we look at our injury situation and, and go from there. One of them's got to go for certain. I'll take the next one. Calvin Masterson asks, um, 
do you think fitness levels at the club need to be uh, need to be finally addressed? We never replaced Darren Burgess. I've I, I banged on about this before. Okay, you can't let people go, or the quality of people like Darren Burgess not replace them, and expect for things to improve. Unai Emery left this club in a shit state. People can more people can rewrite this all they want. Our fitness levels were in the dogs, okay? Our general performance is in the dogs, right? Now. We were going down a hill at a rate of knots. It was like an avalanche how quickly we were going downhill. And losing quality people like Darren Burgess has not done us any good. It needs to be addressed in the summer. You know, whoever it is to come in and take care of that, I don't care. But it needs to be addressed. Um, John. Femtog asks, do we need to spend more time looking for more creative midfielders this summer as a priority rather than a strong DM? Uh, it all depends on what Arteta sees as the system and everything going forwards. If you're playing with two centre mids and we're going to stick with the system next season, then no, a like a creative, you know, central type midfielder isn't someone we're going to get because you're not going to play him. We don't have a position for him at the moment. Um if we're going to change the system, go more four three three, then yes, I do think it's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, the problem is you've got to address some dickhead called Mesut Ozil first. Um, he, I think he's in Notre Dame. His back's so bad at the moment, mate. Honestly, he's got to be there, isn't he? I don't know what's going on with it. The bells, the bells. Yeah, honestly. Um, what's it they said on the Tuesday Club? He's made a he's made a raft out of fifty pound notes, and he's floating off into the distance with all his money. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall and know exactly what was going on here. This, you know, well, from Arteta's little quote today, it didn't, he didn't mention anything about the back injury. Um, yeah, uh, Arteta or Mesut Ozil, he's still in the same position, and we will manage everything internally. I have nothing to say. It's really disappointing, isn't it? It's really disappointing. We stood up for him under Emery, and now we're in the same way back to square one, and. I've always loved Mesut Ozil. I love the talent, but, you know, he's taking some fucking mugs if he's not looking under them. Honestly, I wish we had the money and just said to him, there's your contract paid up. Fuck off. I've got to be honest, okay? You know, him and Gwendouzi, I'm so fucking disappointed in the pair of them. At least Gwendouzi's got a little bit of an out. He's 21 and he's a dickhead. Mm. You know, we were all dickheads at 21, you know, but... um, uh, but Mesut has got no fucking excuse whatsoever. Uh, Carl, Julian Salmon asks, do you think our season ends next Saturday? Uh, the season ends when we play the 38 games. Um, whether we go out to Man City in the FA Cup or not, where, you know, stranger things have happened and we beat them once before, you know, let's face it, it is an absolutely uphill task because Man City are playing brilliant football, but Man City also lost to Southampton the other day as well. So, yeah. you know, they're not they're not invincible. There's only one team that's invincible. But anyway, they're not they're not unbeatable. Um so stranger things have happened. Yes, it is an uphill task. And let's face it, it is if you were a betting man, you're not going to put any money on Arsenal whatsoever. However, like I said, stranger things have happened. They lost to Southampton the other day. Uh they're not unbeatable we can beat them if we play uh, our best. No, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult, very, very difficult. But, you know, if we lose to them, 
we lose to them. That's it. We just we we're not going just going to give up on the season. We still got another three games to three ga- three games to go four games uh, to go. So you know it doesn't the season just just an end. We may have mu- may not have much to play for, but no, we keep fighting to the very very end. Sound like a war speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's nine points to play for, and we could still have St. Tottenham's Day. I know we got Liverpool. I know it's it's not easy, but you've you've got to go for it. You've got to be ambitious. Um, John, uh, do, do, do. even Ted Inton asks. I know we wax lyrical about the contribution made by Aubameyang, but when was the last time he scored against the top six side? Uh, I am not a stats man, so I have absolutely no idea. Um, Tottenham well, losses. Have... Yeah, he did in the four in the four two four five two. Oh, he was in the away game, didn't he? Hmm? Yeah, Torreira yeah. scored in that game as well. Yeah. Um, what I would say is, uh, if his record is bad against the top six, which I assume uh, that's what the question was about, uh, it's disappointing. But I would argue the amount of goals he scores for us and seeing as no one else can hit a fucking barn door half the time, I wouldn't complain. And as, <laughs> that's, as that story floating about, about the, what is it, 250 grand a week or whatever he wants for three-year deal, just give it to him, honestly. There, there's no one else in the team. Like, today, I even there was a half a second where I thought, maybe you could take a Bami Yang off. And I immediately corrected myself. I went, what we're doing? He could be shit all game and then still score a worldie. <laughs> it is this thing, though, isn't it? You can't be picky about who scores your goals and who they're against. Because, no. you know, we've seen some dog shit performances throughout, mm. from the whole squad at times. And, yeah. you know, I would say it's not Aubameyang's fault today. Not ju- It's not just Aubameyang's fault. There's a lot of people let themselves down today. Okay. And that's oh, the- he'll, be dis- he'll be disappointed he didn't score at least yeah. one of those chances. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Julian Salmon asks again, I'll take this one. Do you think not qualifying for Europe will make KC take notice that we go backwards and need a financial injection? I think if we don't make European football, it'd be absolutely horrendous on on a couple of areas. Okay, first of all, game time for youngsters coming through. We need to be using European football a lot smarter than we have. You know, you've got you know, is it Belongan? Is it Belongan the boy is who's who's leaving us? Oh, Balogun, yeah, Balogun. Uh, sorry, yeah, you know he's leaving. Yeah, European Europa League would have been perfect to blood but him. Emile Smith-Rowe, you know, people are talking to him like the next Messiah. Well, we've got news for you. You know, he has played in the first and he didn't look great. And had this feeling of playing the championship. It's it, yeah, There's a step up to make. You, this Europa League, whether it's... It doesn't matter if it's Champions League or Europa League, it gives you an opportunity to blood the players. The financial side of it, yes, they're going to take notice. But we spent money last season. We spent money the season before. We have spent money... All this time to go, Casey. I, I, you know, I agree. They could have spent money better. I'm not happy with Raúl, but it can change. I think at the moment we need to look at the squad as a whole. We've, over the last few years, we have put together a squad which isn't up to mustard. That's the truth of the matter. And now we need to change a few things. You know, for as much as I like Xhaka, I think we need a different midfielder. But you can't just move him on. You have to do this piece by piece. It's not going to change overnight. But KSC will take notice. They've made moves to solidify a bordering this season. I can only see that being a positive thing. Okay, moving forward. 
I think a lot of the time we're just looking for people to hit out that where we spent hundred million pounds plus last season in last summer. It's not the fact of what we're spending, it's who we're spending it on. John, um, would you bring back Gwen Doozy for the Liverpool game from Zoidberg? Um I don't know. You could just go pick a fight in the street with some scousers if you want. So I don't know. Go and what do they do? They set fire to the liver bird or something, didn't they? The other week, the twats. Um, he'd go do that. He'd probably enjoy that. I wouldn't put him in the team though. I'd fuck him off out of the club as quick as possible. I gotta be honest, with you. I'd put him on that fucking firework. <laughs> that hair would go up a tree. Oh, can you imagine it? No, 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 don't, don't. Uh, Carl Bavia Jean asks. Okay, our right hand side isn't working. Maitland Niles and Pepe looked very good against Sheffield. Should we give it a try for the next few games? Um, our next game is what have we got? Liverpool and Man City. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? Nothing else has worked. So sometimes you have to look to think would a change be anything better? Do you know, you, you, you're looking at Liverpool's left hand side. And uh, was it Andy Robinson and um, uh, Sane? And they are going to be running at us nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. So I think you need to have a very, very strong right hand side for the for the Liverpool game, definitely, because it's going to be relentless. Liverpool, their wingers bomb on. They play like you know attackers. So uh i just think that we need to be solid even though it's at home and you know you can't be too you can't be too defensive i think you have to look at it and think mm, are they gonna can, can we cope with the pressure and i just don't know what combination of players can cope with the pressure of the liverpool attack which is going to be a good game and you know I, I have every faith in arsenal hopefully you know we'll do something but it, it's going to be um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. Absolutely agree, though. It's, it's difficult. I, 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 you know, I'm not sure what the best way is there. You know, I, I don't. You know, whether it be um, uh, Cedric, Maitland, Niles, oh, Hector. I thought Hector was fine today. You know, I thought he was fine today. I don't think he made any mistakes. I think the problem is Pepe's not taking on that. That you know, the 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 back four, whatever it is. And that's a bit of a problem. Final question, John. Cayman1867 asks, what's our strategy with Ozil? Do we just sit him out and pay him 350k a week until his contract ends? What, what do we do? Uh, I think the strategy at the moment is clear of try and make it obvious to him that he's being frozen out. Um, it's not just a back injury. That's obvious uh, for anyone who's got half a brain. He clearly isn't getting on with the manager. He's not doing what is asked of him. Um, and I like the fact, all right, Arteta isn't a manager, sorry, not getting on with the coach. But I like the fact that this is the way that we're doing things. This is the way you represent Arsenal. These are the things you have to do. If you don't do it and you're not on board with it, you're not involved. I have no issue with that. I back Arteta 100% in that. He's going to know a hell of a lot better than I am whether the players are doing the right things. So I'll back him in that 100%. Um, whether the club can then take this to the next step and say, right, you have a choice now. You can basically disappear from football totally for however long is left on your contract and you will never play for Arsenal again and sit here and get paid. Or we can find you a club and you can go there and we will take, I don't know, no fee and subsidise part of his wages to essentially get him off the books as cheap as possible. Maybe they try and do that. 
Um, like I said, if I if I was the club and I had the money, which is we clearly don't, I would just buy his contract out. I would just pay him up his full contract and say, look, Mesut, we signed you and you were a wonderful player and you had two seasons where you were, to be honest, pretty fucking good. It did help. We had Alexis Sanchez in the team at the time. Um, but since then, the moment he got that new contract, he fell off a cliff and he couldn't care less about football. It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you see the contracts with both Sanchez and Mesut Ozil. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we'd have kept them both, fuck, what a shit show that would have been. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they'd both fallen so far off a cliff. It, it's horrendous. And, uh, you know, you want world-class talent. You, that's what we all want in the in in the squad, yeah. but when it doesn't perform this way and it and it just doesn't work out, and the, the, you know, the the thing with Mezet, I, I I can accept he's an introvert. I can accept that okay, he doesn't react the way certain other other players react. But by Christ, come on, you know this is two managers. This has happened with now. Well, it's this, not two it, managers, is it? It's, this was we even saw it a little bit under Wenger a couple of times. There was some arguments and stuff, and he yeah. weren't happy with him. Happened under Emery. I know Freddie was only in charge for a bit, but he wasn't particularly keen on him. Arteta, he came in to be fair at the start, he was okay, and then yeah. just shh, gone. Yeah. But let's be honest, he's not performed anywhere near his ability for three he's, years, maybe, yeah. maybe you, longer. With Urzel, do you know it makes me think that he's living up his past glories. You can. We don't know Mesut Ozil at all and we can't speculate on what goes on behind closed doors. But it just reminds me of a player that would say, well, you know, I'm the greatest number 10 in the world. Now, you know, I played for Real Madrid. Look all the stuff that we've won. And you think to yourself, I don't need to train hard because clearly if he was in training hard in on the training pitch, he would be in that squad. But you can tell you probably just turns up at training, you know, does the bare minimum, you know, you got people at work that do exactly the same, that come in, do the bare minimum and think that they're God's gift. You know, everyone's got someone like that in their office. And he reminds me of that sort of player who just, you know, thinks that, you know, I'm Mesut Ozil. And he's probably had so many yes-men around him for so long saying that, oh God, you're the greatest number 10 in the world. You're the greatest passer. You won Germany's player of the year six, seven years in a row. You know, you're absolutely brilliant. And he hasn't sort of realised that, the game has moved on. No one really plays with number 10 anymore. You have to be versatile. You have to play on the left and the right. You have to play, you know, in the middle. You have to learn how to defend. You can't just, you know, at Real Madrid, that's what he did. He just sat in between the midfield and the strikers and was feeding the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and the likes of Benzema. You know, when you've got those sort of players around you, of course, you're... um you know, you're going to be absolutely <laughs> phenomenal um, because your your assist stats are going to be straight up there because of the players you're playing with. Unfortunately, you know, you don't have those players around you anymore and you need to work harder. You are asked to play in a different position. And I think that he just doesn't want to do that. He wants to just sit in between the midfield and the strikers and just pop passes here, there and everywhere. He doesn't want to run. And I know we look at his stats and say, oh no, but he ran 55 kilometers. Then you're like, okay, but he may have run that much, but what did he actually do in the game? Yeah, I think, and Fenster makes a really good point in the chat after the World Cup. I think he just kind of, you've won the World Cup. What else are you going to, you're never going to beat that. You're never topping that. This, this, this is the thing, okay. You know, you, you look at it and you, you, you see him get called a parasite, this, that and the other. When you actually look at Mesut Ozil, the guy, 
he's a very complicated character. The relationship with Erdogan, his relationship with charities, etc. A lot of his money goes straight out the door to charities. Okay, there's no getting away from that. He does that. You look at his upbringing, refugee, etc., etc. You know, he grew up in poverty. Didn't you know? Couldn't afford boots. This is a complicated character, and it's not all black and white. There's a lot of grey areas. Okay, but the biggest problem for us is. We're spending a chunk of wages every month, on every week, on somebody who's not performing and not taking the pitch. Even that's an issue. So you know we, we're going to have to look at that and some uh, the club are going to have to do something about it. Wait and see. That's it for today. Thank you ever so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, I haven't done lineups for the next couple of shows yet. No idea who's on the podcast this week. There you go. We're just going to end it. Um, my thanks to. Chris, uh, sorry, no, get well, Chris. Sorry, get well, Chris. Hope you're feeling better. But thanks to Carl and John, boys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, Thank you thanks, everyone. I love chatting to you, Carl. Even John as well. Even jo- look at beardy git. You know. Um, thanks to everyone in the chat box. You've been superb as always. Um, brilliant stuff. Some really interesting points. And you know, come join us on this Wednesday. Is it, is it Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's Wednesday we're playing Liverpool, aren't we? Yeah, so we've got Liverpool Wednesday. Um, come and join us off the game. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining us. Keep it Arsenal. Oh, God, I hate the fucking North London derby. Ta-da. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.